0: hey guys just before we get started i wanted to kind of put a swear warning because i realize i do in fact swear a lot and i just kind of want to make sure if any kitties are listening that uh, you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child and also i'd like to say uh sorry mom (laughs) let's get started with the episode Long May She Rain, presented to you by Aidan Fitzgerald. Hey guys, welcome back to the Long May She Rain podcast. I'm Aiden. I'm your host for this podcast. So, I don't know if I sound really any different, but I did get a new microphone. I'm very excited about it. If you go on my Twitter, you can see this beautiful new device that I'm using. Um, I got the idea to get a new microphone because uh, my brother, as I've probably talked about on this show before, is a big—he's a big gamer. You know, he—he he knows all the good equipment that you need to uh, be a gamer. And while I'm not a gamer. Uh, I thought I'd get this new mic, because he got this same mic about a week ago, and the minute I saw it, I knew I had to have it. It's got a little smiley face on it to make it look like a person. I've named my new mic Sigbert, because I've been uh, researching a very particular woman uh, whose uh, rival's husband was also named Sigbert, and I really liked the name Sigbert, so that is his beautiful name. I've also got it in pink to match my whole setup, because I'm cool like that. (laughs) No, I'm not. You guys know I'm not. Anyway, uh, what have I been doing this week? Oh, I watched Prey this week. Um, now, fun fact, I've never seen a single Predator movie. I didn't even really know what Predator was about at all. And to be honest, I don't really think I know what Predator is about even after watching Prey, but the, really the only reason I wanted to watch it because was because I heard that It's almost an entirely Indigenous cast with actual real Indigenous actors, which I love. We love the representation. And um, I love, you know, I love a good action movie, despite what I'm sure a lot of people think about me. I adore action movies. I partially probably blame my father for that because, you know, he was the kind of dad who was getting me to watch like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, James Bond, uh, Tom Cruise shit when I was a kid. So I was really excited. To watch this and you know no spoilers i'm sure some of you guys might want to watch it or maybe a little curious about it but honestly it was like really good like on its own like as not a part of the predator franchise which i still haven't watched yet i'm gonna have to watch the original with Arnold Schwar- Arnold Schwarzenegger but like on its own Prey is like a really good like standalone movie like it's like fucking like top notch and as I've heard it was directed by uh Dan Trachenberg I think that's how you pronounce his last name he did a 10 Cloverfield Lane which I also haven't watched but from what I've heard from other people he's doing like a really good job in his directing career I mean good good job I mean he wrote a very well thought out independent female character and you know how we love those on this show so Prey it's good go watch it all right enough about me today's not about me it you know what it's it's alice roosevelt's world and we're just living in it (laughs) that's basically the motto of this entire episode so if you guys have already guessed yes today we are talking about the awesome the beautiful the scandalous the pants wearing icon alice motherfucking roosevelt my god she's probably one of my favorite roosevelts if if not my favorite though I, I she's definitely competing hard with eleanor roosevelt which you know i hope to do an episode on her one day because she is equally as iconic alice roosevelt i i think the first time i ever heard about her was probably du- uh, during um a documentary i watched about the roosevelts oh what's the what's the guy's name who 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 makes all those really good documents ken burns yeah okay i watched his documentary about the roosevelts because it used to be free on netflix it's not free anymore but uh that was the first time i had ever heard of teddy roosevelt's daughter alice and from the minute i read all these amazing things about her i was hooked on her and i am so excited to be doing this episode about her so Get comfortable in your seats. We are about to dive into one shit show of life that is Alice Roosevelt. Okay, so Alice Roosevelt was born on February 12th, 1884, at 6th West 57th Street in Manhattan, New York, to Theodore Roosevelt and his first wife, Alice Hathaway Lee Roosevelt. Now, with Alice being born on February 12th, that makes her an Aquarius, which is really cool. Uh, We haven't had a lot of Aquariuses, for sure, on this podcast, other than, uh, I think, Elizabeth of York. So it's nice to have another Aquarius lady on the podcast. We we do love Aquariuses around here. Now, one thing I recently read about Aquariuses is that they're uh, they're very active sort of people. They always need to be up and doing something, which, you know, as someone with ADHD, I can seriously relate to, but I think this really, really fits Alice as a person. She was always doing something, whether it was to get attention or working on a project. I mean, this this bitch was always on the go, so I feel like this trait is spot on for Alice. Uh, Not to mention, I've heard Aquariuses can be stubborn, which is probably one of the best single words to describe alice roosevelt's personality i'm not gonna lie to you anyway Let's get started into Alice's life. Let's meet Alice's parents, Theodore and Alice, starting with Theodore, of course. Now, I'm sure many of you know exactly who Theodore Roosevelt was. Uh, He was the 26th president of the United States. He helped build the Panama Canal and is basically the reason the United States has a national park service. And thanks to the Night of the Museum movies, he was my favorite president growing up as a teeny little child in Canada. (laughs) It's actually how I initially got introduced to him. Thanks, Robin Williams. Um, But before all that greatness. At the time of Alice's birth, he was a New York State Assemblyman who was a part of the very, very influential Roosevelt family. Now, if you didn't know, the Roosevelts were an incredibly influential New York Dutch family with a lot of land and a long history of being a part of high society and the politics of New York. Now, believe it or not, they were a huge family, like a lot of branches, uh, but mainly the branches you got to worry about are the two main branches, which are the Hyde Park Roosevelts and the Oyster Bay Roosevelt, Now, our boy Teddy was an Oyster Bay Roosevelt, which means he was descended from the uh, Schuyler family, believe it or not, who you guys would probably know best from Hamilton. Now, Theodore grew up an incredibly privileged child in New York City. He had tutors and would spend summers in Oyster Bay with his brothers, sisters, and his Roosevelt cousins. And while his dad did uh, cool things like help found the Metropolitan Museum of Art, kind of a big deal... Uh, Teddy realized very early on that he wanted to be in politics in New York and help make a difference. So he became an assemblyman for the first time in 1882. Now Teddy met Alice's mother, also called Alice, on October 18th, uh, 1878, at the home of her relatives and next-door neighbors, the South. Oh, I'm going to mispronounce this. Saltonstalls. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce that. Anyway, Alice and Teddy fell head over heels for each other. Teddy wrote about the first time they met in his diary, where he said, As long as I live, I shall never forget how sweetly she looked and how prettily she greeted me. Which is, oh! That's, that's fucking adorable. Like, <laughs> Now, speaking of Alice Sr., let's talk about her. Now, she was about four years younger than Teddy, and she was a banking heiress from Boston. And I gotta say, Alice Sr.? total victorian babe like she had really pretty blue gray eyes long wavy golden hair and was described as strikingly beautiful as well as absolutely charming her friends and family called her sunshine because of her cheerful dis- disposition as well as probably her really gold blonde hair and i think teddy would have probably agreed with that statement i mean she was just really lovely now soon enough teddy and alice were engaged and uh, got married on october 27 1880 which uh as far as i remember is uh was Teddy's twenty-second birthday. Uh, they got married at the Unitarian Church in Brooklyn, Massachusetts, which I believe was uh, Alice Senior's hometown. Now, after their delayed honeymoon, they moved in with Teddy's widowed mom, uh, Minnie Roosevelt. Now, when Alice got pregnant in the summer of eighteen eighty-three, Teddy was fucking ecstatic because both of them had really wanted like a super large family. Uh, Teddy came from a rather large family, so I'm I'm sure he would have been very excited to just like have a whole brood of kids. Um. Pretty much the minute Alice Sr. got pregnant, they decided to uh, buy land in order to build their own house near Oyster Bay so they they could have their own home, which they were going to call Sagamore Hill. Now, uh, when little Alice Jr. was born on February 12th, her grandmother Minnie had actually already been sick from typhoid fever for quite a couple of weeks. Like, she was sick probably halfway through the pregnancy. And unfortunately, um, Alice really never got to meet her grandmother. I mean, at least not properly, because she died, like, literally the next day after little Alice Jr. was born, which destroyed Teddy. I mean, he was a mama's boy. He loved his mother. But it only gets worse from there, because uh, Alice's mom became really, really sick after giving birth to Alice Jr., and it was found out that she had had kidney issues, that her pregnancy had basically masked. Like, no one had caught this while she was pregnant. And unfortunately, Alice's mom, Alice Sr., died on February 14th, only two days after Alice was born. And Teddy was, he was fucking distraught. He had loved his mother, he had loved his wife so fucking much, and he had lost them two days apart, and all he was left with was his little baby daughter. and uh, You know, Teddy was a prolific diary writer. I've read a decent amount of his diary entries. And on that day, two days after his mother had died and uh, the day at, the day that his wife died, he wrote a large X in his diary on that day. And under it, he wrote the words, light has gone out of my life which oh god makes me want to fucking cry so safe to say alice's first 48 hours in the world were not a super cash money like they should have been like this should have been like a a fantastic day their first fucking child and poor alice senior dies because of a fucking kidney disease that she didn't even know that she had now, not long after his wife's death, Teddy handed over custody of little Alice to his sister Anna, who uh, in the family was known as known as Bammy, which I don't know why, but I kind of like that nickname. And basically, after that, Teddy fucked off to the Wild West for a couple of years because he was so fucking depressed and for the first few years of alice's life she never fucking saw her dad like he, he did write to her a lot not that she could read it in the first couple years of life and he did try and keep in touch but for a while he refused to call her alice because it hurt too much so for uh, probably like the first five years of her life he called her lee which was her, her middle name or uh, lady l because you know calling her alice really just hurt him way too much, which, you know, sometimes I don't understand when, like, mothers die in childbirth, and, like, say that mother has a daughter. I never think it's a good idea to name that kid (laughs) after the mom, because then you just get this, like, resentment about the kid, and you can't call them by their name, and, oh, poor, poor Alice. Anyway, now, despite all this, Alice's aunt Bammy was a massive influence on her early life. Alice once said if Auntie Bai had been a man, she would have been president, which I agree with. I, you know, I don't know if there's not enough information on uh, Bammy to do a full episode on her, but if there is, fuck, I'm doing it. Bammy was fucking cool. Now... <laughs> When Alice was three years old, her father returned from out west, and at that time, fell in love with his childhood friend Edith Caro, and married her quite quickly. After that, now at this time, Teddy was considering letting Aunt Bammy adopt Alice officially. However, when his new wife Edith heard about this, she was fucking pissed and told Teddy, "She is our daughter she is your daughter, and now she will be our daughter and sister to whatever children we have." And luckily, Edith's little speech. Uh, convinced Teddy that he really shouldn't abandon his daughter, and Alice officially came to live with her father and new stepmother at Sagamore Hill, which was meant to be her home. Anyway. Now, this moment where Edith stood up for Alice is probably the only time I think Edith was probably, like, 100% good stepmom of the year. But other than that, she was kind of bitch sometimes. But you know, we'll talk about that dynamic between Alice and Edith in a second. Uh, For now, let's talk a bit about Alice's education and the striking beauty she would grow up to be very much like her mother. Okay, ladies, education time. Now, one thing I found particularly interesting about Alice's education is that she was the only one of Teddy Roosevelt's children to be homeschooled, which I don't know why that was the case, but she was taught at home, mostly in dancing, music history, and, you know, other, you know, very girly stuff like that. And apparently, according to her homeschool teacher, she was considered the brightest out of all of Teddy Roosevelt's children. Now, as for her looks, she really did look like her mom in so many ways. She had those delicate features she was tall and slim with her mom's bright blue eyes but uh she had dark hair like her dad but other than most of her looks other than her hair she was all teddy in personality she had his sarcasm his boisterous personality his lust for life she loved politics which would you know come in handy for her as a teenager Now, when Alice was about four years old, she became a big sister for the first time when her younger brother, Theodore Jr., was born, which was followed by her brother, Kermit, in 1889, which... Oh, I laugh about it all the time. Like, I know that was like a fairly uh, common name at the time, but I'm just like, <laughs> come with the frog. Anyway, uh, she got a sister, Ethel, in 1891, her brother, Archibald, in 1894, and her youngest brother, Quentin, in 1897. Now, Alice was an incredibly devoted big sister to all her siblings. I mean, she loved them to death. But unfortunately, she and her stepmother clashed a lot in her childhood. I mean, they were, they were very different personalities and temperaments. Now, one of the main issues between them was how Edith talked so incredibly disrespectfully about Alice's mother, calling her beautiful but uninspired and a childlike fool. Now, one time they got in such a bad fight that Edith literally told Alice to her face that if her mother had lived, she would have bored Teddy to death, which is so fucked up like who the fuck says that to their stepdaughter about their about their fucking mother their dead mother like shit that like oh edith why the fuck would you say that now one other time when teddy was serving as governor of new york after uh, being an assemblyman for a couple of years edith suggested sending alice to boarding school to clean her up and give her discipline but Alice told her, told her father and stepmother that if you send me, I will humiliate you. I will do something that will shame you. I tell you I will, which is, you know, actually probably the fucking reason she was never uh, educated outside the home. Now luckily alice did have occasional escapes from her family like when she uh got sent to visit her aunt Bammy and uh her maternal grandparents lees who adored her and actually set up a gigantic trust fund for her and adored her company when she went to visit them in boston now when alice got older she and her stepmother got a continually better relationship you know edith stopped talking fucking shit about her mom and alice would you know stop being a little wild and would calm down a little bit um alice in her later life would actually speak very fondly of her stepmother saying she had a good sense of humor so luckily they did reconcile but their relationship wasn't really fantastic especially when when she was a child Now, uh, when Alice was 17 years old, her father became vice president to uh, President William McKinley, which, uh, you know, at that time, I think probably even now, uh, a lot of people think of vice president as like the end of their political career, especially when you've like tried to be president uh, several times, I guess not for Joe Biden now. But anyway, Teddy was convinced that him being vice president was the end of his political career. But in September of 1901, President McKinley was assassinated, and Teddy became the 26th President of the United States. And next thing you know, the entire Roosevelt family was moving into the White House, which, you know, must be very jarring. And they became basically the most talked about first family in history. Now, Alice's father was and still is the youngest president to ever serve in American history. He was 42 at the time, and he also had a brood of young children, which usually didn't happen with presidents, because most presidents were, like, in their late 30s and 40s and were having, like, they had, like, teenage kids who were about to become adults. I think the last time the country at the time and had, like, young children in the White House was maybe with Abraham Lincoln, though I'm I'm not really sure. Anyway, <laughs> the United States was very happy to have quite a, a young first family. Um, the Roosevelts were such a rambunctious bunch. They had too many pets to count, and the public loved them. But most of all, they fucking loved Alice. The people nicknamed her Princess Alice since she, uh, since the entire time her dad was president. She was in the paper basically 24-7 and took, you know most attention away from super serious politics. Now, Alice did a lot of crazy things while she was the first daughter. She would smoke on the roof of the White House, which was not something you were allowed to do. Uh, She would place uh, bets on horse racing with bookies. She rode in cars with uh, strange men that she didn't know. She attended late night parties without an escort, which was scandalous. And she wore her uh, pet snake, Emily Spinach, wrapped around on one arm and would scare people who visited the white house with it now a fun fact about why her uh, snake was called emily spinach um (laughs) alice had an aunt emily who i don't know what side of the family it was but the point is she had an aunt emily who was a very skinny woman and the snake she had was green so she would tell everyone this snake is as thin as my aunt emily and as green as spinach so of course she naturally named it emily spinach (laughs) Anyway, uh, One other fun thing I read about her is when she turned 18 in 1902, she had her debut, which was like her debutante season. And of course her dad being the president, he hosted her debutante ball at the white house and she wore this fantastic blue dress instead of the uh, traditional debutante white, which, uh, you know, shocked everyone. And believe it or not, that specific shade of blue became a fashion trend that year. And everyone called it Alice blue. Now, her father once said of her when asked about her uh, constant interruptions in the Oval Office to offer political advice that I can do one of two things. I can be president of the United States or I can attend to Alice. I cannot possibly do both. (laughs) And I think that that's a really good description of Alice's personality. Like she'd, she'd barge into the Oval Office while her dad was having like really serious political meetings and being like, you shouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. That's a bad idea, Dad. And he'd be like, Alice, get the fuck out. (laughs) Anyway, safe to say Alice was a total it girl. I mean, she was fashionable, beautiful, wild. The public fucking loved the shit out of her. And personally, you know, I think she did all these crazy things because of the lack of attention she got from her father. Like, in general, I think Teddy was probably a really good dad. Like, he really did love Alice a lot. But also, I, I feel like he had a lot of issues with her because of her mother's death. And, uh, I think Alice had a lot of issues because of her mother's death, and also she was having daddy issues because her dad wasn't really paying attention to her, but, you know, I love her for it anyway. Now, one of my favorite moments from her was in 1905, when she, along with several other members of Congress and the future president, William Taft, Taft were sent to Asia on a diplomatic tour now by the way alice was the uh, first first daughter to be sent on a diplomatic mission which is very very cool of her anyway alice was a star on this tour i think probably one of the reasons teddy sent her is because he knew that this tour would get crazy attention if she was on it now <laughs> despite all these crazy things she also attracted Good press for the presidency for this entire trip, but that didn't stop her from doing crazy things, even if it caused bad PR. Now, while she was on the boat to Japan, uh, she jumped in the ship's swimming pool, fully clothed, and asked Congress members to come and join her. (laughs) Now, in her 70s, she was asked about this incident by none other than her friend Bobby Kennedy, who assumed it must have been scandalous for the time, but she told him that it would have only been scandalous had she removed her clothes. Now, honestly, if Alice was alive today, I seriously think I would have gotten along with her. I mean, wow. fuck! Imagine the stories she could have fucking told me. God, I would have just loved to have a sit down with her. She was so fucking cool. But trust me, my friends, it only is about to get much, much better. Okay, so not too long after Alice returned from her trip to Asia, I think it was like a couple of months, she got engaged to a man named Nicholas Longworth III, who was a Republican senator and would later become Speaker of the House. Now, they had, you know, hung around in the same social circles for a few years, despite the fact that he was about 14 years older than her. Uh, Her marriage was, you know, celebrated. It made sense to everyone, so it went ahead. Now, the wedding took place on February in February of 1906 at the White House, of course, and was basically the fucking wedding of the decade. It was attended by more than a thousand guests with uh, many other thousands of people gathered outside hoping for a glimpse of the bride. Uh, She, of course, wore a blue wedding dress and she uh, dramatically cut the wedding cake with a sword, which, you know, fucking metal Alice. Um, now immediately after the wedding, the couple left for a honeymoon that included a a brief trip to Cuba and a visit to Alice's new, uh, in-laws, the Longworths in Cincinnati. Now this was followed by travels to England and, uh, the continent, so like France and Spain and stuff. Uh, the new couple had dinners with, uh, King Edward, uh, Sorry, the 7th of the United Kingdom. They also visited uh, Kaiser Wilhelm II of Germany, uh, as well as uh, Georges Klemku, uh, Whitlaw Reed, Lord Cruzon, and uh, William Jennings Bryans. They basically were like, hey, this person is cool. Let's go visit them. I'm sure it'll bring press. Anyway, um, after their honeymoon, they bought a house at uh, 2009 Massachusetts Avenue in Washington now before we move on uh let's get to know alice's new hubby nicholas now as i mentioned before nicholas was about 14 years older than alice and was from cincinnati now his family were very well known super rich um i think their money was originally in uh winemaking or something along those lines anyway uh he went to law school and was actually a very talented violinist who loved music and according to what i were what I read, he was uh, perpetually cheerful, uh, quick with a joke, or a witty retort, and unfailingly friendly, which, you know, I think kind of really compliments Alice's personality. Uh, He never seemed to have a care, and he made hard decisions with such an ease and detachment that some people wondered if anything at all really mattered to him, which is kind of like the negative side of his personality, but in general, he seems kind of cool. Now, I think at first Alice and Nicholas had had a decent marriage. They liked each other well enough until about the year 1912. Now, in that year, Alice supported her father's run for a third term as president, but her husband was supporting um, his rival, William Taft, which almost lost him his own seat in his riding. And this caused pretty much a permanent chill in their marriage that really never went away. I don't really think Nicholas ever really forgave Alice for uh, not supporting his choice for president and the fact that it almost lost him his seat. Now... After this incident, both Alice and Nicholas carried on affairs. Um, Alice had an affair with uh, Senator William Bora, which lasted for a really long time. It was a very long-term affair. And when Alice gave birth to her only child, uh, Paulina, in 1925, it's been pretty much suspected from the start that William Borah was Paulina's real father due to uh, hints in Alice's diary. And the fact that uh, Alice originally wanted to name Paulina Deborah, which sounds a lot like William Bora. Also, one thing I want to mention before we move on is that when Alice and her family were moving out of the White House... Um, Alice continued to be iconic and buried a uh, voodoo doll of the new first lady, Nellie Taft, in the White House lawn, which, uh, when someone found out about that, uh, she got banned from the White House for about three years, and, you know, honestly, I don't know if, like, someone saw her burying the thing, or, like, she, like, told someone i don't know how they found it but like i i would have just loved to fucking see their faces when they found out that she fucking buried a voodoo doll in the fucking alice stay iconic anyway now alice and her daughter paulina never really got on super well in contrast to her relationship with her father who she really loved and admired despite really everything that they'd been through Now, when Nicholas died in 1931, Paulina was devastated, but Alice was a little indifferent to his death because Nicholas, at that point, had gambled away a lot of their money, which really pissed her off because she couldn't really do anything. He was like, you know, it's my money fucking leave it alone now this whole thing is probably what chilled alice and her daughter's relationship but in general i do think alice loved paulina i think they were just really different characters and had different stances on paulina's probable father whether or not nicholas was paulina's biological father a lot or not paulina loved nicholas either way Um, another reason probably Alice and Paulina's relationship wasn't the best was because Alice was really into herself. Like, I can give Alice a lot of praise, but Alice was vain and vapid in a lot of ways, and she often left Paulina's raising to nannies and was really harsh on Paulina. Uh, actually so harsh that Paulina developed a stutter, which, you know, is never good. Um, now in 1957, Alice lost her daughter. daughter, Paulina, when she uh, overdosed on sleeping pills at the age of 31. Uh, However, Alice fought tooth and nail to get full custody of her granddaughter, Joanna, since uh, Joanna's father had died a few years previous to that. Now, Alice did, in fact, receive full custody and raised her granddaughter and really tried to kind of make up for all the lost time that she uh, didn't have with Paulina and made sure that Joanna had the best of everything, the best clothes, the best education, you know, everything, and she was kind of just trying to avoid the same mistakes she had made with Paulina by being, you know, supportive of Joanna and being less hard on her and making sure she was incredibly confident and worldly, unlike Paulina had been. Now, like I said, as much as I adore Alice, I wish she and her daughter had gotten on better, but I'm really happy that she raised her granddaughter probably the way Paulina really would have wanted. Now, even into Alice's later years, she stayed very, very active in politics. Like, she was not shutting up about anything just because her dad wasn't fucking president anymore. Now, Alice was a very staunch Republican, which, you know, sounds bad now because of the way the Republican Party is now. But uh, this was well before the party switch. Now, back then, the Republicans were still the party of Lincoln and were fairly liberal. Like, about as liberal as you can be in the mid-20th century. Um... Anyway, Alice always had an opinion on something, of course she did, now whether or not anyone wanted to hear it (laughs) was the thing. Uh, For example, Alice demolished uh, a guy named Thomas Dewey, who was the 1944 opponent of her cousin Franklin, uh, by comparing the uh, pencil-mustached Republican to (laughs) the bridegroom on a wedding cake. (laughs) Now, that image basically stuck with poor Governor Dewey, and he lost uh, two consecutive presidential elections and was basically humiliated. Now, she did support her half-brother, Theodore Roosevelt Jr., when he ran for governor of New York in 1924. Also, uh, despite Alice not supporting John F. Kennedy in the 1960 election, uh, because, yeah, he was a Democrat, wasn't he? Yeah. Now, she became fairly friendly, despite this, with the Kennedy family, and actually learned how amusing and attractive Democrats can be. You know. She developed an affectionate, although sometimes strange, friendship with Bobby Kennedy, Um <laughs> And uh, when Alice privately made fun of um, his scaling, uh, the newly named uh, Mount Kennedy in Canada, he was not exactly amused that she made fun of his hiking abilities. Um, At one point, she even admitted to voting for uh, President Lyndon Johnson over Senator Barry Goldwater in 1964 because she believed Goldwater was uh, too mean to be president. Also, uh, here are some of the most uh, quotable Old Lady Alice moments. Now, when Senator Joseph McCarthy had jokingly remarked at a party, uh, here's my blind date, <laughs> I'm going to call you Alice, uh, she sarcastically said, Senator McCarthy, you're not going to call me Alice. The truckerman, the trashman, and the policeman on my block may call me Alice, but you may not. <laughs> she also informed uh, President Lyndon B. Johnson that she wore a wide-brimmed hat so he couldn't kiss her, which... <laughs> And when a well-known Washington senator was discovered to have been having an affair with a young woman less than half his age, she quipped, You can't make a souffle rise twice. (laughs) Oh, Alice, I fucking love you. Oh, she was so smart. Now, as Alice got older and older, she suffered more bad health. I mean, she had been run through the ringer at her old age. Uh, She broke a hip just before her daughter died, and she'd had breast cancer twice at this point. Uh, Despite all this, she was still attending social events, inviting people over to her home for her apparently famous dinner parties. Now, one thing I really like about old lady Alice is that she had an embroidered cushion at her tea table, which said, if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit next to me, which, yes, I need, I want that embroidered on something. I don't know what I want it embroidered on, but, oh, you know, I should get it embroidered on a pair of jeans, like the the butt pocket of the jeans. I'd wear those jeans. Anyway, after many years of very, very bad health, just a few days after her 96th birthday, Alice died in Washington, D.C., and as as far as I'm aware, to this day, she's still the longest-lived child of a president. So, you know, good for her. Okay, let's get into Alice's wonderful fucking, vast fucking legacy. Now, I've all the iconic first daughters who have made their way through the White House, Alice has got to be my absolute favorite. She was an icon. She was the fucking moment. This is Alice's world, and we're all just living in it. She broke so many gender roles from that time. She did what she wanted, and I cannot think of anyone more iconic and more deserving of celebration than Alice motherfucking Roosevelt. Now, honestly, I'm waiting for someone to write, like, an HBO miniseries about her life. Like, that's literally all I want in life, Like, I'd fucking write it myself and sell it to HBO if I fucking could. Now, thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. I will see you guys in two weeks for another fantastic episode. Goodbye. I love you all. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions for topics, you can just DM me on Twitter at rain 2 The N at the end of rain is replaced with a 2 instead. I'm also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, don't forget to rate and review this podcast on all those platforms. It really actually does help the show so much and it will help me grow my audience, so I would absolutely appreciate it if you 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 guys could do that. Alright, uh, bye!